Greetings. I am Okro, a half-orc fighter. I am called Valmeros, and I am a tiefling wizard. Hey, I'm Jeffrey, and I'm a half-elf rogue. Welcome, Welcome to 1D4. Hey there, and welcome back to 1D4, a solo experiment in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition run and played entirely by yours truly, Adrian Steyer. Let's begin. Uh, to recap, after being hired to escort a wagon of trade goods and mining supplies, the three of you guys found a pair of dead horses on the Tribor Trail that belonged to Gundren and his human companion Sildar. You were then ambushed by a small pack of goblins, which were defeated, and one of them captured alive. The goblin revealed that his tribe leader, Clark, re received a message from the goblin king, Grohl, indicating that a mysterious figure, known as the Black Spider, would pay a heavy ransom for Gundren and a map that he supposedly carried. Gundren was captured and taken to King Grohl along with his map, and Sildar was taken along with the remainder of Gundren's goods to the nearby Kragmaw hideout. You then intimidated the goblin into leading you there, though it wasn't long before the goblin was strung up by his ankles due to a tri hidden tripwire on the path. Uh, due to a lack of intervention by the party, the goblin fell to his death, leaving you without a guide. Okrog fell victim not much later to a pit trap, breaking his leg. The party decided to regroup and rest for the night, backtracking to a spot off the Tribor Trail where you had left your wagon. Valmeros fell asleep during his night's watch and was tormented by visions of devils out to get him. The morning sun now rises above the trees as a new day dawns over the Sword Coast. What would you like to do? I'd like to stab the goblin that put that trap together is what I'd like to do. Oh, we may come to that yet, don't worry. So, <clears throat> exactly how are the three of us going to overtake an entire goblin encampment all by ourselves? Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking that same question. Well, uh, I have a couple of ideas about that, but <clears throat> we'll have to gather some more information about the camp itself before I can put a solid plan together. Uh, let's head back up the path and see what we can find out. Simple enough. Uh, the three of you begin traversing uh, the path back to where you were to the previous day. The forest around you is quiet, save for the occasional rustle of small animals and the chirp of birds. Uh, you easily find the trail the goblet Bograd led you down the day before. Uh, it takes you a little while with your leg, Okrog, but about five miles from the site of the initial ambush, you come across a sizable cave in the side of a large hill. You can see a shallow stream flowing out of the cave into a clearing here. And there's a dense thicket of thorny briars that stretches across the far side. There's a thin path that leads into the cave on the right-hand side of the stream. Uh, but inside the cave is, is too dark to see. Okay, big guy. Any ideas? Well, we don't know how many of them are in there, so I don't think we should just charge in. Uh, can I get a look around for any guards or patrols? I think I'll assist you there. Sure, go ahead and roll a perception check. Four. Ten. Uh, you take a second to scan your surroundings. Uh, you don't see any patrolling guards, uh, but Valmeros, you think you can 
just barely hear a pair of goblin voices over the sound of the running stream. You're not certain where they're coming from, or how far off they may be, but definitely think something's there. Keep a sharp eye, gentlemen. I believe I can hear something. As you say this, you hear the voices go silent. I don't hear nothing. Quiet! Can't hear them anymore. I think we may be in trouble. I I kind of want to lay low and, and try to keep hidden. Okay, I'll go ahead and roll a stealth check. Natural one! Okay, so the three of you are standing in the trees uh, right before the slight clearing where the stream runs through. Val, uh, you kind of hunkered down next to one of the trees trying to lay low. Uh, as you get into position, you hear a snapping sound from above you. One of the tree's branches breaks at the end and a large bee's nest comes hurtling down and smashes into pieces at your feet. The bees immediately start swarming around you. Oh shit, I, I just start sprinting towards the stream and jump in. Okay, so uh, Akrog and Jeffrey, uh, you guys see all this happen in front of you and before you have time to react, you see Valmeros just go sprinting off into the clearing. Uh, Val, you take a deep breath and jump into the middle of the stream, land with a loud splash. Uh, it only goes up to your waist, and it is very cold. The bottom of the stream is littered with loose rocks of all different sizes, all covered in slippery moss, so like you're trying to keep your footing, but it's, it's pretty difficult, especially with all these bees flying around you. Uh, the good news is that you should be able to duck under and maybe that will get the bees off of you okay uh, yes I'm going to I'm gonna dive underneath okay so you dive underneath and the freezing water just completely soaks you head to toe uh, you get some up your nose uh, you kind of look up and you see the bees start to dissipate after a couple of seconds uh, Akrov, Jeffrey, what are you guys doing? I'm just sitting here enjoying the show. Yeah, me too. Alright. Uh, well, after you see the bees dissipate, Valmeros, what do you do? I'm going to come up for some air and uh, take a look around. Alright, well, the good news is the bees are definitely gone. The bad news is that you can now see through the briar bushes in front of you here and there's a pair of goblins standing next to each other, staring directly at you with their bows drawn. Uh, I need everybody to go ahead and roll initiative. Twenty. Nineteen. Four. All right, Akrog, you're up first. You and Jeffrey are about twenty feet back from the stream, still in the tree line. You see the goblins pop up from behind the briars, aiming at Valmeros. Well, not much I can do from back here. I'm just gonna hobble up as far as I can and try to give Valmeros some backup. Uh, hold my shield in front of him and take the dodge action. Okay, you grit your teeth as your leg gives an uncomfortable throb and scramble across the fifth of the clearing, plunking down into the stream in front of Valmeros. The cold water soaks your trousers and boots as you prepare yourself for the goblin assault. Jeffrey, it's your go. I'm gonna stay back in the tree line here and uh, pull out my hand crossbow and fire at one of the goblins. Briar bushes are providing a bit of cover for those goblins, so they're going to have plus two to their AC, uh, but they haven't noticed you back in the tree line, so you've got advantage on the attack, so go ahead and roll. 
Uh, that's a 24 or a natural one. Yeah, let's take that 24. Yeah, that hits. Go ahead and roll for a damage with sneak attack. Alright, that's 3 plus 2 with sneak attack plus 3 is 8 damage total. Alright, you take careful aim with your crossbow and let a bolt fly loose. It goes right over the shoulders of Okrog and Valmeros between their heads and right into the forehead of the smaller of the two goblins. Uh, Okrog and Valmeros, you two look up front just to see the eyes roll back into the goblin's head as the momentum of the bolt lands him flat on his back, dust puffing up around him as he hits the dirt. The other goblin looks at the two of you in the stream, uh, scans the tree line for where that bolt came from, then he just throws his bow down and starts sprinting towards the mouth of the cave. Valmeros, you can see the goblin disappearing into the darkness within. He's made it about ten feet into the cave. It's your turn. Oh, no, you don't! Magic missile! One, two, and three, plus three, uh, so total of nine damage. So just before the goblin is out of sight, you launch three dark red bolts of energy from your horns that home in on the retreating creature. As he rounds a curve inside the cave, the bolts catch up to him, lighting up the cave around him briefly, and send him toppling into the stream as they strike him from behind. A loud splash echoes out of the cave, and the goblin's slightly smoking corpse gently bobs and twirls in the stream's current as he slowly washes down towards you. Well, that takes care of that. Uh, I'll hop out of the stream and get another look around. Not going inside the cave, but trying to get a good look in there. Go ahead and roll perception. Uh, Seventeen. So you can see the cave stretches inwards about thirty feet or so before curving to the right just as the light fails. Uh, the narrow path on the side of the stream, your side of the stream, widens out as it enters and appears to open towards a chamber of some sort off to the right before it starts to curve off. Uh, you can hear the faint sounds of growling and barking, like snapping of jaws and the odd yelp. I look over to my companions and call out to Jeffrey, the coast is clear for now, but I think I can hear some wild dogs or something not too far inside. We should tread lightly. I'll head up to the mouth of the cave and uh, start to carefully sneak inside. I'll hop up out of the stream myself and I'm uh, right behind you, Jeffrey. Okay, both of you roll stealth. Akrog, you got disadvantage because of your leg and your armor. But don't worry, it'll just be a disadvantage. I don't do double disadvantage. Uh, Thirteen. Two. Oof, alright. Well, the two of you begin working your way into the cave. Akrog, you're trying to do the best you can with your leg, but your armor is just jingling merrily the whole time you're walking in there. Uh, Val, are you staying outside, or are you heading in with them? Um, I, I guess I'll go in. I'll just try to straighten my soaked robes and mentally prepare myself. I don't like dark places. Uh, step in behind Okrog. Roll stealth. Seven. Alright, the three of you start making your way into the cave. The light begins to fade as you head in. The walls are smooth here, almost like the cave has been worked into something wider than it used to be. Uh, the floor is scored with groove marks, which helps you keep your footing on the wet floor as the stream occasionally splashes up over the side. Uh, cavern opens up to your right, 
and you can see two kind of emaciated looking wolves fighting over some bones and some scraps of meat, snapping at each other. Uh, their thin gray fur is missing in a couple spots, and they have these thick leather collars that are attached to uh, these rusty iron chains, which appear to be secured by iron rods driven into the ground behind them. They hear the jingle of Akrog's armor and the shuffle of Almeros' feet, and they look up at the three of you growling. Oh, man. These poor things. I wonder how long they've been chained up down here. Are you serious? These are savage beasts. It's a good thing they're chained up. I imagine they wouldn't think twice before trying to feast on our bones. Well, uh, should we take care of them, or you guys just want to leave them? Hey, they ain't hurt nobody. Let's just let them be. And uh, I'm going to throw a little trail juke jerky to them. As the three of you talk, you see the wolves start straining at their collars, trying to get at you. Uh, then, Jeffrey, you throw them a little bit of your food, and they just immediately dive on it, scarfing it down. It doesn't take but a second before they look back up at you, this time a little less aggressively. Um, Jeffrey, go ahead and roll an animal handling check. Thirteen. The wolves actually sit down, and they, their tails start wagging. They look up at you, begging for more food. Ah, oh, sorry, little buddies. That's all I got. I turn to my companions. Come on. Let's get out of here before I adopt one of them. Fine by me. Let's keep moving. All right, let's go. The wolves kind of whimper a little bit as you turn to leave, but you hear them resume snapping at each other as they walk out of sight, or as you walk out of sight. Ahead, you can see the path slopes upwards pretty steeply with the occasional rough-hewn step carved into the floor. Uh, there's a path on the other side of the stream that's interrupted by a couple of chest-high escarpments that look like you could climb up them. Uh, the faint sound of goblins arguing emanates from here. Uh, you can also see ahead of you a rickety-looking wooden bridge hanging across the stream uh, and the path. It's about 50 feet in front of you. I'm just gonna keep creeping forwards toward the bridge, uh, keeping an eye out for anything suspicious. Okay, roll perception and a new stealth check. Uh, four for perception, but, uh, ooh, net 20 for stealth. Okay, Jeffrey suddenly vanishes into the shadows ahead of the two of you. I just kind of hiss into the darkness. Jeffrey! Jeffrey! Oh, damn. Let's go, Val. As you guys press forwards, getting closer to the bridge, a goblin that you didn't notice before slowly makes his way across. He's attempting to sneak, but doing a pretty bad job at it. Uh, as he goes, he kind of trips over a plank in the bridge, and you just hear a little goblin swear, like, Uh... And then he claps his hands to his mouth and looks around real quick. Uh, doesn't seem to notice that you guys can see him and keeps sneaking ahead. Uh, ahead of you, you can see the cave begins to curve and you can see steps leading upwards to the same landing that the bridge is connected to. You can hear the sound of a waterfall not too far ahead, but you can't see it yet. Do I notice this goblin? No, uh, at this point, you're past the bridge, and you're working your way up the stairs. You're so absorbed in how stealthy you're trying to be that you don't see or notice any of this going on behind you. Quick, after that goblin! And I'll rush forwards up the stairs to try and catch him before he can report to anyone. Hey, wait! We don't know what's up! Uh, Alright, I'll f 
follow after as well. As quick as I can. Okay, Val, uh, it's gonna take you just a second to get there. Uh, Jeffrey, you crest the top of the stairs, and you can see that the landing stretches forward about 20 feet. To your left, a pair of goblins is standing around just looking bored. Uh, they're both wearing leather armor, just kind of pieced together. Uh, one of them holds a big stone hammer, like almost as big as he is, and the other one has a pickaxe. Behind them are two pools of water, separated by a thin wall of piled up rocks. A waterfall feeds the further of the two pools, and you can see the stream seems to come from the pool that's closest to you. Uh, the sound of the waterfall begins drowning out the other ambient noise of the cave as you approach, uh, and almost drowns out the sound of Akrok jingling behind you guys, but you can still make that out. Uh, there's a thin wooden platform across the pools, which ends across the wall closest to you, towards your left. Alright, I'm gonna turn around and report back to Val and Akrog. As you do this, you see a goblin skulking off of a bridge, that same bridge you saw earlier, uh, with a sneaky looking grin on his face. He doesn't seem to notice you, uh, but you also see Valmeros at the bottom of the stairs, rushing his way towards you, with Okrog hobbling along as best he can behind him. Uh, the pools, or the goblins by the pools, seem to take notice of this, uh, the sound of two people running their way, and they start looking around, getting suspicious. Uh, they see the goblin coming off the bridge, waving and gesturing at them, and they start running towards the edge of the pool that's closest to you. Okrog and Val, just as you begin climbing the steps, you hear a couple of loud cracking sounds coming from what appears to be the wall at the end of the stream. Uh, Jeffrey, you see the two goblins hammering away at the wall of the pool closest to the stairs. The goblin that came off the bridge is running to join them with a pickaxe of his own. I'm going to take a crossbow shot at one of the goblins already in the pool. Okay, go ahead and roll for attack with advantage since they don't know you're here. Oh yeah, natural freaking 20, baby! Oh, snap, okay, roll damage, add sneak attack, and double your dice. Alright, that's 6, plus, eh, only 2 for sneak attack. Uh, but double that makes 16, plus 3 for 19 damage. Oh wow, 19 damage at level 1, not bad at all. So you aim your crossbow at the goblin with the hammer and loose a bolt. It plunges right through his head, actually goes all the way through, and sticks into the shoulder of the goblin next to him. Uh, that guy gets thrown off balance in surprise and alarm, but he manages to right himself just before he falls into the pool. Uh, Okrog and Valmeros, you manage to make it to the top of the stairs just in time to roll initiative. You too, Jeffrey. Uh, eight. Eighteen. Twenty. Okay, Jeffrey, you're up first. Alright, I'm, <clears throat> I'm gonna take another crossbow shot at that goblin at the pool. Okay, go ahead and roll the attack. Uh, that's an eight. Your second bolt goes wide and plinks off the stone wall of the cavern before dropping into the pool. Anything else you'd like to do this turn? Uh, actually, I'm gonna move a little down the steps past Okrug and Val get some cover. Not a problem. The goblin by the pool is gonna run forward and take a swing at Okrug, and that's an 18 to hit. Oh, that just barely hits. Okay, so uh, after going back and forth with this goblin a little bit, you suffer five points of piercing damage as the pickaxe sinks into your foot. The other goblin's gonna run towards you and take a swing of his own, but that's just an eight to hit. I'm gonna pull up my shield, my shield and knock his hammer away. Okay, Valmeros, you're up next. 
I'm going to cast Acid Splash on the both of them. A DC 13 Dexterity save. Okay, that's a 5 fail and a 7 fail, so go ahead and roll for damage. A 6 acid damage to the both of them. Alright, so you release a gout of acid from your hands that flies in between them and erupts in a splash, coating the both of them in this burning green fluid. Uh, they both begin to shriek as their skin bubbles and sizzles from the acid all over them. They are both looking pretty rough. Akrop, your turn. I'm gonna brandish my long sword at the one to my right and take a swing. Uh, 17 to hit. Uh, that's a hit. Damage away, sir. Uh, 7 plus 5 for 12 damage. Oh, your long sword whistles through the air and cleaves the goblin's head in two. You just hear <laughs> as your sword just cuts him down, silencing his screams. Jeffrey, you're up next. Uh, as a bonus action, I'll take out my rapier, then run back up the steps and thrust towards the last goblin. Uh, does a 14 hit? Ooh, 14 just barely misses. As you reach the top of the stairs and thrust forward, the goblin swings his pickaxe down, blocking it. He readies his pickaxe once again and takes a swing back at you, and that's a 17 to hit. Well, that'll hit alright. Alright, so you also take 5 points of damage from his pickaxe. Uh, he swings with all his might, burying the point of it in your arm briefly before pulling it away. He looks pretty desperate. Well, you're up. I think another acid splash is in order here. That's a uh, 12 plus a 2 on his save. Sorry, beats you. Uh, so this time the goblin's gonna duck out of the way, and the streak of acid just goes over his head, splashes harmlessly into the pool of water. Uh, Akrog, you're next. I'm gonna take another swing with my long sword and end this once and for all. Oh, that's just a 10 to hit down. Alright, this feisty little goblin parries with the handle of his pickaxe. He's got this grim, determined look on his face, starting to pant a little bit. Uh, you can see pock marks all over his skin and armor from where that acid splash hit him before. Uh, Jeffrey, let's see what you can do. You're up next. Uh, take another jab with my rapier. Yeah. Jeez, just a 7, so 12. This goblin ain't going down without a fight, fellas. Knocks your rapier to the side, readies his uh, pickaxe for another swing at Jeffrey. Uh, and that's a 24 to hit and uh, 4 for damage. Oh, I'm down. So he swings his pickaxe at your head and the flat end catches you right in the temple, knocking you out cold. Uh, Valmeros and Akrog, you guys see Jeffrey just flop to the ground after catching the blow to the head. Uh, the goblin lets out a snarl of triumph and takes another ready stance with his pickaxe. Valmeros, it's your turn. I really don't want to burn a spell slot here, so one last acid splash. Roll the save. Uh, that's an eight. Go ahead and roll for damage. And, oh, just one for damage. The goblin still lives. The acid splashes above him, dripping a little bit down his face. And you see one of his eyes kind of fused shut and just gritting his teeth and growling at you. This guy's clearly the toughest goblin in all the land. Akrog, you're up. This has to stop. I thrust forward with my longsword right into his heart. Fifteen to hit. That just hit. And, oh yes, thirteen damage. My sword pierces into the chest of this... Most worthy goblin adversary, I look him dead in the eyes. Uh, 
I and just nod my respect. Goblin looks up at you and locks eyes, and there's this intense moment where you're just there and just hawks a loogie right into your face, and he dies laughing, unplayed. Now, uh, now that we're out of combat, I'll say the two of you guys can stabilize Jeffrey without any issues. Uh, so all you guys can hear now is the sound of the waterfall. Uh, you guys can see another set of stairs at the far end of this landing now, uh, leading up <clears throat> around the corner. Well, I don't know about you, Val, but <clears throat> I think we should stop and take a breather. I mean, I feel great, but I see how that could be beneficial. Do you think it's safe? I don't think it's any more dangerous than going on ahead in our condition. Let's find a cozy section of cave ball to sit against. Here, help me with this one. I'm gonna lean down and pick up Jeffrey's top half. Now, why do I get the bottom half? Alright. Come on, Jeffrey. Let's go. Okay, so you guys uh, can take a short rest. Go ahead and spend your hit dice. Uh, as you sit, you can hear the peaceful crashing of water as it enters the far pool. Val uh, and Akrog, uh, go ahead and actually roll some perception checks for me. Three. Eleven. So you can't hear much aside from the waterfall, but uh, Val, you think you hear a loud, growling voice, and then a thud and a little whimper. Uh, from somewhere at the top of the stairs at the far end of the landing. Uh, before too much longer, Jeffrey comes awake, uh, rubbing his head where the pickaxe hit it. Uh, how long was I out? Not too long. You feeling alright? Yeah, I'm okay. Long and good enough to keep going, anyhow. Well, which way should we go? Across the bridge or up the stairs? Personally, I vote stairs. I'm still kind of dizzy, and I don't like the prospect of a rickety swinging bridge right now. Works for me. Let's go. Alright, so the three of you advance toward the stairs, carefully making your way up. Are you guys trying to stealth your way through, or are you just walking? Well, I think stealth is the way to go, but I could be biased. Okay, go ahead and roll stealth, all three of you. And I'm going to need your marching order here. Okrog, uh, you still have disadvantage. Uh, 24, and I'm in the back. 7, and I'll be up front. 16, little it is. Okay, so, Akrog, as you reach the top of the stairs, you can see a massive, hulking figure about 9 feet tall, covered in light brown fur from head to toe. Uh, his back is to you, and uh, there's a wolf laying down by his side. Just in front of them, is a fire burning relatively low and you can see off to the left is another goblin sitting to the side just kind of zoned out looking at the flames uh, at the far end of the chamber you can see sacks and crates of what appear to be looted provisions all in a pile uh, this is obviously where they keep most of their spoils uh, there's a pit off to your right and you can hear the sounds of growls and yips coming from it uh, the goblin and the wolf can hear you jingle as you uh, get to the top of the stairs, and uh, they start pulling out weapons and taking aggressive stances towards you. Uh, the bugbear notices them getting ready and slowly turns around. What's this? Intruders in Clark's domain. 
you see him start to approach you, holding a large spiked club. The goblin pulls a dagger out of his belt. He starts getting closer, too. Glob will use your heads as pillows! And I need everyone to roll initiative. Ten. Ten. Twelve. Okay, so, uh, Clark's up first. He's gonna take his club in both his hands and slowly, menacingly make his way towards Akrog. Clark, see, big man. Clark, bigger. And that's uh, 14 to head. Oh, thank God, that's a miss. I don't think my shield can take a shot from something like that, so I'm just gonna dodge out of the way. Okay, the mace swings downward as you nimbly step to the side and strikes the ground where you once stood. BAM! There's a large crack in the ground where the spikes hit the floor. Uh, Rubble starts to drop a little bit from his mace as he pulls it up out of the ground. Uh, Now the wolf is going to circle around and try to take a bite at you, Akrog. That's a 15 to hit. Uh, That doesn't hit either. I'll just catch that one on my shield. Okay, you raise your shield in defense, kind of bash the wolf's face away from you. Uh, Jeffrey, you're up next. Okay, uh, I'm going to take a shot at the goblin in the back with my crossbow. Okay, he hasn't spotted you yet, so go ahead and roll with advantage. Uh, 12 plus 5, that's 17 to hit. That hits, roll damage with sneak attack. Okay, uh, 4 and 2, that's 6 plus 3, so 9 damage total. Okay, Jeffrey racks up his third headshot of the dungeon. Very nice. The goblin takes it right between the eyes, just falls down dead. Akrog, you're next. I'll exact my revenge against the wolf that tried to bite me and swing of that sword. Fourteen to hit. Fourteen hits. Roll that damage. Uh, it's, uh, eleven damage. Alright, you swing down with your sword as the wolf recoils from your shield bash. Uh, the blade goes through its neck, and the beast's head just falls to the floor, just, and the body just flops down next to it. Uh, Valmeros, you're about halfway up the stairs now, and uh, you see your companions making quick work of the bugbear's allies. Clark looks down at the wolf, now lying, bleeding at his feet, and just roars. And he takes a knee and kind of puts his hands under the wolf's body, and he looks back up at you guys with this look of pain and rage on his face. And in the flickering firelight, you think you can just make out the glint of tears on his hairy cheeks. Well, I'm going to uh, creep the rest of the way up the stairs, but stay behind Okrog, and I'll peek behind him and say, Hey, Clog, you're so ugly! I can hardly bugbear it! And I'll cast Tasha's hideous laughter at him. And that's a wisdom save of 13. Oh, God, when will it end? Oh, that's a 2, minus 1. So you uh, you watch as he gives you this look of confusion, and, and his face is twisted with grief. He smirked. Smirk begins to transform his face a little bit. That just begins to widen into this awful, toothy grin. He just starts laughing a little, like... And he just starts dropping to his hands and knees, doubled over in laughter. 
tears are streaming down his face and his uh, mouth is twisted in this horrible Joker-like smile. He can't do anything this go, but at the end of his turn, uh, he's going to get to make another wisdom save to pull himself out of it. And that's a natural 18. So he starts to get a hold of himself, gasping and chuckling a little bit as the spell fades. Now the uh, grin has wiped off his face, and you can see he's got a serious look of worry on his face. Uh, Jeffrey, you're up next. Well, I definitely don't want to get close to this guy, so uh, I'll just sneak up the stairs and uh, launch a crossbow bolt at him before retreating back down again. That's a 19 to hit. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage with sneak attack, since Akrog is engaging him there. Alright, that's a total of 11 points of piercing. Okay, the bolt flies from your hand crossbow, sticks right in Clark's chest. You hear a grunt and a wheeze. You think you might have got something vital there. He looks pretty hurt after that shot. Uh, after Jack Free, it's Akrog. I'm just going to lunge forward and stab my long sword into his guts. Does a 13 hit? Ooh, 13 does not hit. You shift your weight forwards and bring your longsword up in a stabbing motion, but he just bats your sword to the side with one of his great hairy arms and roars in your face. Uh, Valmeros, your turn. I think we'll go with the tried-and-true magic missile. That's one, four, and three. Uh, plus three is eleven damage. Okay, the dark red bolts of energy swirl briefly around your horns before jetting out towards this somewhat staggering bugbear. Uh, the two of the darts impact his chest, causing him to double over. The last one arcs downwards and then rockets up into his face, knocking him flat on his back like a magical shoryuken. <laughs> uh, you hear a loud crack as the bugbear's head hits the floor. Uh, his eyes just stare up blankly at the cave ceiling. Well, that certainly could have gone worse. Nice moves, Okrug. I thought you were done for when that mace was coming at you. So did I for a second there. A bug barely made it out alive. Uh, this is hell. I'm in hell. Well, now that we have a moment to ourselves, what kind of stuff we got here? Uh, I want to start going through all the spoils and seeing what's available. Oh my gosh. It's like the whole room is a body. Loot the bodies! They seem eager enough. I'll let them have at it. Okay, the two of you guys roll investigation checks for me. Sixteen. Twelve. Going through the piles, you see a couple of crates stamped with the words Lion Shield Coster. Uh, they're filled with various trade goods, like you see some pickaxes in one and uh, some other farmer's tools in another... Uh, one of them has like a selection of short swords and uh, simple simple pieces of like leather and iron armor. Um, you see a couple of barrels there as well. Uh, you could probably take them out, but you'd need to use your wagon if you wanted to transport them anywhere. Uh, you also find a sizable wooden chest with iron bands reinforcing the top. Uh, opening it up, you see inside you got uh, 21 gold two vials filled with a shimmering red liquid, and a small green statue of a toad with these tiny little golden orbs for eyes. It looks pretty cra uh, well crafted. Well, are you two done over there gathering your hoard? Can we cross the bridge now? 
What, are you in a hurry or something? Am I in a hurry to get myself out of this foul-smelling pit of goblin filth? Yes, Jeffrey, yes, I am. Okay, fair enough, let's go. Alright, I'll take the lead again as we head across the bridge. I'll take the rear, and I'll take the middle again. Okay, so you guys just walk it across, or are you trying to sneak? If you're sneaking, roll that stealth. I'll try, but I'm not promising anything spectacular. <sighs> Nine. Eleven. Ooh, only eight. Okay, so the three of you cross the bridge as carefully as you can. The rickety structure of wood and rope swaying somewhat alarmingly as you uh, begin to tread across. Uh, you can hear the sounds of goblins talking emanating from the passage in front of you. As you make your way, Jeffrey, one of the boards on the bridge snaps under your foot, and you plunge a few feet before catching yourself on the ropes to the side of you. Uh, you can't help out, uh, but let out a yelp of surprise as you lose your footing, and all of the talking in the cavern passage suddenly stops. All you can hear now are the sounds of the stream and the waterfall splashing and the thrum of your heartbeat in your ears. And it is there that we'll leave off until our next session. So until next time... I'm Jeffrey. I'm Ukrog. I'm Valmeros. And I'm Adrian. And thanks for listening to 1D4.